24-7 right there on your phone. But first, I want to give you an update on something that happened um, last night that we just learned about a very short time ago. About 11 o'clock last night at a Subway restaurant in Harlem on St. Nicholas Avenue. Police are telling me that there was a three-year-old girl. She goes by the name Natalie. A man brought her in there, bought her something to eat, and then just left little Natalie right there at the table. Now, this is around like 11.15 at night on a Saturday night in the subway on St. Nick. So one of the workers at the subway, and shout out to the worker that took an interest in this little girl, um, he called police, or she called police, the worker did, And the police came. They tried to find out where she lived. She didn't know any of that information. She just knew her first, you know, her first name was Natalie. She didn't know her last name. And uh, the police are trying to find out where is this little girl's family. Now, I posted her picture. Little Natalie is uh, three years old. She's described as two feet tall. She weighs about 25 pounds, brown eyes, brown hair. She was wearing a light green dress with polka dots, pink pants, and blue sneakers. And you can see in the photo that I posted on my Instagram page, at Lisa Evers, and also Twitter, at Lisa Evers, you can see that they took those pictures, you know, these pictures of her in the police precinct. And this little girl is, you can see what a great little spirit she has and great personality. And clearly she doesn't know what's going on. Now, this has already been, we're going on almost, you know, 12 hours since this little girl has been missing. I mean, since the family has been missing, she's found, but the adults who are responsible for taking care of her have not been found. Now, the police EMS took her to the hospital. She checked out. She's okay. Um, As is the standard procedure, she was put in temporary ACS custody. And uh, the witnesses say that there's a man who may be named Stanley, who is five feet, five inches tall, about 180 pounds, wearing a red shirt and dark colored pants that he brought her in so um but we don't know how how true that is that's what the witnesses are telling police and you know people weren't really paying attention because nothing is you know nothing had happened at that point but if you go on my instagram page at lisa evers uh twitter at lisa evers you can see a picture of little natalie and there are police and detectives that have been working all through the night trying to find her family trying to find her loved ones trying to find out where she's from she's in that little blue and white polka dot dress if you have any information Call Crime Stoppers at 1-800-577-TIPS. And I give out this number because we've checked it out. You really don't have to give your name, and you really don't have to get involved, and you're really not going to get contacted. It really is confidential. So, I mean, imagine this little girl as it starts to sink into her. She's she's in ACS custody. We don't know where she's going to be placed. She's with strangers. You know, the police were taking care of her as best they could at the, at the precinct. The EMS, I'm sure, took care of her with kid gloves she's okay she's a healthy beautiful little three-year-old girl named natalie and um you know maybe it's from she's from out of state or something like that we don't know but that's why we're putting the word out and that's why we're asking you please retweet my tweet on twitter at lisa evers um repost on instagram at lisa evers the picture of her give the police a call 1-800-577-TIPS that's 1-800-577-TIPS. And if you're leery about making that call to the police, you can give me a call. I'm going to give out my telephone number right now. And if you have any information about where she is or who she is, give me a call at 917-642-2484. That's 917-642-2484. And you can call Rose's on the phone right now. 
our associate producer, Rose D. And she's a mother. She knows what this little girl must be going through right now. So you can give her a call at 1-800-223-9797. That's 1-800-223-9797. And let's try and get Natalie home with the loved ones who are taking care of, care of her. We don't know who this man was that brought her into the subway around 11.15, 11.30 last night on a Saturday night. And, uh, you know, we just want to get her back with the people that can really care for her and take care of her. So, and again, uh, shout out to the subway worker who called police and took an interest in that little girl. And I'm sure they were busy at that time, but, you know, got that little girl there. So let's get her home. Let's get her where she belongs. Let's get her with loved ones and people who can really take care of her. And, and all I can say is th- thank God, thank God, nothing, uh, nothing worse than this has, has happened to her. And she's hopefully will be in safety from here on out. So 1-800-577-TIPS or call us at Hot 97. You don't have to go on the air. Rose will take your info off uh, offline behind the scenes at 1-800-223-9797. And again, I'm asking you to please, please retweet the picture at Lisa Evers on Twitter and on Instagram. If you're one of my grand fam, it's uh, at Lisa Evers. You can check it out. And also, uh, you know, it's on Facebook as well, Lisa Evers with a blue check. Now, we're going to be talking about the Confederate flag, something that many people thought would never happen in their lifetime happened this week. The Confederate flag was taken down from the state capitol in South Carolina. We're going to be talking about that with somebody who was there on the scene as it happened. And uh, we, I'm going to introduce to you our wonderful panel of guests, and we're going to take your telephone calls. But first, I want to give you a heads up about an opportunity to make a positive change in your community right now, right now, starting today. You can get involved with our Push for Peace. The hashtag is push the number four peace. That's push the number four Peace. That's what we're using uh, for the show and also for our social media campaign. Now, in two weeks on Saturday afternoon, July 25th, we are gearing up so heavy for this. From 1 to 4 p.m., we're going to be doing another Push for Peace live town hall show and event at Brooklyn Borough Hall. Thanks to so many people, so many people who are pitching in and have asked us to come back, especially uh, Brooklyn Borough President Eric Adams, his amazing team, all the community leaders and organizations that have been doing such good work on our streets. And also, we want to shout out the community groups and the people that are out there on the streets because, yes, crime is down. Police have done a good job with that, but a lot of that has also been the community, too, and people just really come and correct now on the streets. And you're going to hear more about the community groups later on in the show. So mark your calendar right now, Saturday, July 25th. Come and be a part of our town hall. Be in the audience because we do it in front of a live audience. You might even get your comments on the air because we're going to air the show on Hot 97. Come early for the pre-show, which starts at 1 p.m. We got DJ Martian. He's going to be doing his thing. We got, uh, I just learned early this morning that uh, Murda Mook will be our MC for the event. And uh, if you were there last year, you know what an amazing job he did, what, what kind of energy he just brings it. It's going to be so much fun. We also have a lot of prizes, which last year ranged from sneakers and headphones to JetBlue tickets. So uh, you can have a chance to win those There's free food, thanks to 500 Men Making a Difference in Brooklyn, Wayne Devinish and his crew. And also you can get your pics taken with celebrities on our celebrity selfie station. So there's a lot to do. You got to come early because last year, uh, you know, got crowded very, very fast. But, uh, you know, put it on your calendar right now, Saturday, July 25th. 
from 1 to 4 p.m. If you represent artists and want more info on getting involved, and especially if you're one of our community leaders, church leaders, or youth group leaders who works with youth, we are giving priorities to teen groups uh, to come into the show and get involved with it. So make sure you hit up my executive producer, Tone, the number four, real at gmail.com. That's Tone. The number four real at gmail.com. Our topic for the Push for Peace Town Hall is gangs, guns, and broken lives. How do we move beyond the violence? And uh, I know it's a lot of information this early on a Sunday morning, but you can get more information. You can see the full flyer by logging on to lisaevers.com. Click on the community section and you'll see the flyer. But make sure you come out in two weeks, Saturday, July 25th, and uh, start using the hashtag today. Push the number four piece in your tweets and Instagram posts, because even if you can't be there, if you're going to be out of town or you live out of town and you can't get here to New York City, you can be a part of this, too. Just hit us up with just use that hashtag push for peace and let's get that idea peace spreading. Let's get it out there. You know, like we spread word about the latest sneakers or the hottest new joint. Let's spread the word about peace and get that out there this summer. And uh you know, on Twitter too, at me on Twitter, at Lisa Evers. And if you want to send the message, I hashtag push for peace. You can be part of our live stream. We're going to have uh, the big video screen cameras up there with a live stream of all the push for peace hashtags too at the, um, at the total event. So for more information, tone the number four real at gmail.com or lisaevers.com. Click on the community section. Now for our topic, the Confederate flag controversy. Just about 48 hours ago, history was made. I mean, we're seeing so many changes and so many things happening this summer. It's it's really unbelievable. The Confederate flag that had been flying over the South Carolina state capitol since 1961, that's more than 50 years ago, was taken down. Now, the calls from both blacks and whites to remove the flag grew louder after the accused Charleston mass killer Dylan Roof was seen draped in the Confederate flag pictures that just pushed a lot of people over the edge. And just this is this is totally unacceptable in a public space and made people really look at this. What does this mean? Is this just something about Southern pride and or is this really this hated symbol of racism? And some saw the flag as a symbol of what the South stand, stands for today in 2015. But many others view it again. Many others, both both black and white, all races viewed as a racist symbol from an insurgent army that fought to uphold slavery and lost. So still others view it as a sign that America has still not dealt with, dealt honestly about the issue of slavery and dealt honestly about the issue of racism that still exists and what we see today. But what do you think is a Confederate flag, a symbol of hate, or is it Southern heritage? Give us a call at 1-800-223-9797. That's one 800 223 9797. And joining us in studio is Amani Person. She's an African American and world history teacher at Ben L. Smith High School in Greensboro, North Carolina, a contributor to brandnews.com, and a longtime listener of Street Soldiers, which we love seeing our Street Soldiers people just doing great like you are, Amani. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. We really appreciate it. Also with us is Brownie Hawkins. He's a writer and contributor contributor to 4UMF.com, a documentary filmmaker to the YouTube channel Elite.com. That's Elite spelled E-L-E-E-T. He is a black man who defends the right of individuals to fly the Confederate flag. We're going to find out why he's saying that. Mm-hmm. So, Brownie, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. We appreciate it. Also with us is Helen Higginbotham. She's an attorney, an MBA, former social worker, very accomplished. 
accomplished. She founded a group called When Black Women Gather, an intergenerational group to bring uh, women from different generations together. We're going to talk with her about her take on all this. Helen, thanks for being with us. We appreciate Thank you for it. Having me. Also with us is Christian De Jesus, a- aka Civil Justice. He uh, burned the Confederate flag on the 4th of July, and we're going to find out uh, what the reaction was to that. But first, let's go to our newsmaker line in South Carolina and bring in uh, Bakari Sellers. Bakari is a former representative to the uh, South Carolina um, House of Representatives. He was there during the week. He's an attorney and former, former lieutenant governor candidate. You've seen him on CNN commenting on the Charleston massacre and the Confederate flag controversy. Bakari, thank you so much for being with us. Oh, thank you so much for having me, and, and I'm glad that you all are talking about this all the way up to the big city. Um, this is a story that's transcended a lot, and so thank you so much for your honest courage and dialogue this morning. Well, we appreciate it. Could you tell us how are you feeling? In the, the, this is like the first 24 hours that flag has not flown over that state capitol during your entire lifetime. Yeah, I'm 30 years old, and I've never uh, lived one day in South Carolina where that flag has not flown. Um, and so for me, it's a very joyous occasion. Um, it, it's joyous for a few reasons. One, I knew Clem very well. I had an opportunity to serve with Clemente Pinckney, who was the pastor of the church, who was gunned down and slain along with eight of his other parishioners doing a Bible study. Um, and for us to be able to achieve this monumental achievement of getting this flag down, something that we've been trying to do decade after decade after decade, means that his, his presence, uh, his soul, um, his journey will never be lost on us. Um, unfortunately, blood had to beget change, um, but at least Clem's life meant so much to this great state and this great country. And now we're having a dialogue all throughout the country. And what do you think about, uh, what was it like for you as an elected state representative to walk into that state capitol underneath a flag that represented slavery? Yeah, uh, it was tough. I mean, and and not only that, I mean, the flag represented slavery, but the flag went up at a totally different time. A lot of people think, and and you, you stated it correctly earlier, but a lot of people think that flag has flown since the Civil War was over. That's not actually the case. But the flag went up in 1961. And it went up in resistance to the civil rights progress we were making here in South Carolina. Very similar to how the, how the state of Georgia incorporates the Confederate flag into their state flag in 1956 as resistance to Brown versus the Board of Education. So we all know why the flag went up. It wasn't about honor. It wasn't about heritage. But instead, it was about um, taking steps away from the journey that we were making for equality and justice. You know, oh, go ahead. It, it I'm means a lot. It means a lot. In terms of the, 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 the way the Charleston community, South Carolina, reacted after the murder of the nine people in the church, a lot of people were really impressed with that. It really made a lot of people think because there, there weren't calls for re- revenge. There weren't calls for public executions of this Dylan Roof. There were, we saw blacks, whites, people from all different backgrounds, economic groups, um, ethnic and racial groups coming together saying this is this is so wrong this is not who we are we are not going to let this define us and people have said that in the past but i think kind of this time that message really got out there well i think we saw that those open hearts and open minds actually created so much change i'll remind you and your listeners that um just two months ago south carolina was in the news again um, for the death of Walter Scott, where the officer, right. Officer Schlegler in North Charleston, gunned this young man down, and it just happened to be on on video. We just happened to have a cell phone recording of it, and he shot him, shot at him eight times. 
Um, and from that, we were the first state to pass mandatory body cameras. So we actually had a tragedy that brought about substantive change. When this happened, we were all devastated. Um, we spent many a nights crying, um, but we also went to our southern heritage. I know we are asking, what is our southern heritage? That flag doesn't represent my heritage, but that level of forgiveness, um, the way that we reacted, the way that we fought and struggled for change to happen, which is this flag coming down, um, that's the heritage that we represent. And then moving forward, what do you think people can, people can do? Because obviously the Confederate flag is much more, uh, you know, it has much more of a presence. You, could, you see it in random places throughout the South. You see it out there. I saw one in Connecticut at a gas station, and it kind of like freaked me out because I'm like, whoa. Yeah. And, um, but well, but what, mean, can, what, to, should, what should people to, do? We have, to begin to, we have to begin to have this conversation about race, which we, you're having this morning. Um, we have to have a healthy discussion. But if this is this is my thought process, if blacks and whites, Democrats and Republicans in South Carolina can come together to take the Confederate flag down, it was a bipartisan, overwhelming vote. But if we can do that to take the flag down, imagine how we can have discussions about how to make sure that our kids go to schools and schools that aren't falling apart. Imagine how we can have discussions about making sure that we do everything we can to limit the number of preventable diseases such as diabetes and cardiovascular disease and other things that are so prevalent in, in communities of color. I mean, these are conversations, healthy conversations that we can have moving forward because what my colleagues showed me this week and what this state did this week was um, uh, cling on to empathy. And that's very important in this debate. Definitely. Bakari, thank you so much for being with us. We really appreciate it. No, thank you so much and all your panelists. And y'all have a very blessed Sunday. All right, you too. Thank you very much. That's Bakari Sellers. You can find him on Twitter at Bakari underscore Sellers. Talking about the Confederate flag, taking your telephone calls at 1-800-223-9797. That's 1-800-223-9797. Amani, person, you are a teacher. And you grew up here in New, in New York City, but you teach in North Carolina. Correct. Was there kind of a culture, culture shock, shock to you when you went down there? <laughs> Let me put it that way. Um, well, my mother, well, my family is originally from North Carolina. So um, summers, I would of, oftentimes go down there to visit um, throughout, throughout the state, uh, Piedmont area, central area, uh, the coast. Um, so I think actually living there when I transformed into my collegiate experience, um, it definitely was a culture shock. And in terms of the flag, what did the when you saw that flag, when you, you when, when you would see that flag, because you do see it out there. People have it on the back of their trucks. They oh, yeah. have it, you know, it's posted oh, yeah. in store windows. It's posted in gas stations, things like that. What did next you have door a, neighbors next next? You had next door neighbors with it. Well, uh, I'm, my um, father's side uh, lives in the eastern coast, and I recently went to visit him, and um, we was having a conversation. He stated that since the um, Charleston, South Carolina shootings happened. Someone in the community actually put seven more Confederate flags up right after. That's unbelievable. Also, I remember traveling in St. Louis with a friend of mine, and that was the first time I saw a big Confederate flag, and this was years ago. What did, what did it make? Did, it, did you have, like, a visceral reaction to it? Did it make you feel some kind of way? I think, and I can only speak for myself, but also being an African-American, especially being um, conscious of my history— I think when you see that, that's a symbol that automatically strikes something within you, um, whether or not you're reactive to it. Um, but definitely knowing the history of it. And um, as mentioned before, some people said that uh, it, it is a part of the heritage of the South. 
of many uh, Southern whites. However, it is a part of the heritage of uh, Southern blacks, but not necessarily in a good way. All right. Uh, Brownie, you think the Confederate flag should be allowed to remain up? Yes. Why? It's a form of freedom of speech. And if you believe in America, if you believe in democracy, if you believe in the rule of law, then you have to defend what's objectable to other people. But the, uh, as, a, as a black man, this was a flag that people, people fought a war. They died. I mean, they, they, gave their, they gave their lives, not to make them sound like heroes, but I mean, they felt so strongly about slavery, they were willing to die for it. Okay. So, my issue is that meanings of symbols change all the time. So, yes, in 1861, it was about you know, the, the northern battle flag of Northern Virginia, and it was about defending slavery, and it was about the Southern way of life. And then when you put it back up in 1961, it's about, you know, resisting federal intrusion into states' rights, and they believe that they had the right to determine how, you know, they operate um, with segregation or not in Jim Crow's law. So, All right, well, they saw, like, the, the, and the, the defenders of the flag say w- they put it back up at 1961 because it was a 100th uh, year anniversary of the start of the Civil War, but many other people saw it as this is as the civil rights movement in the South was gaining momentum. Well, let, let me bring in Professor Stephen Bradley right here. He's the Associate Professor of History, Director of African American Studies at St. Louis University. And Dr. Bradley, thank you so much for being with us. Oh, thank you. Can you give us a little bit of, a, of insight? exactly what this flag represents in your opinion well I, I think there's some things that we have to do we have to first be clear about things you know the 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 original flag was designed by an austrian not an american the original confederate flag and so you know the iteration that we're looking at uh, as you all mentioned is the, the representation of the battle flag of northern virginia but but if if, if we're going to take it in terms of heritage if we want to remember some people's ancestors for being on the wrong side of righteousness, then I say be my guest. But but the people who designed that flag designed it for what they call the superior race, and that's clear. And then, you know, in terms of, 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 of history, uh, then the iteration of the flag that we're looking at right now, uh, I don't know how we can in good conscience allow it to be flown in public uh, because we've never... Uh, uh, celebrated in public or, or, or celebrated by flying in public uh, opposing nations' flags. The Confederate States of America was an opposing nation. And so uh, in that way, as, as, as a black man who was a U.S. citizen, we, I don't see the, the flag of Great Britain or Japan or Germany or the Soviet Union flown in any way uh, uh, to celebrate those nations because they were enemies of the United States. Any other nation that killed a quarter million U.S. citizens uh, would never have that opportunity. And then finally, I'd say this, that, that if we're going to make it about history, uh, the history that justifies the, the, the Confederate flag as we see it should be the same history that justifies uh, keeping policies like affirmative action in place and perhaps even uh, uh, issuing reparations to, to families whose labor was stolen by the CSA, the Confederate States of America, and the United States. History has to swing both ways, and, and, and when I see the flag, it's not about 
uh, you know, people believing that, that, that it's about hate or whatever it is. Uh, it's about another nation, and I just don't believe that, that we should celebrate another nation who, who, who took a, a quarter million lives of U.S. citizens. One of my friends said to me, if this was done today, a group of people had their own flag, fought the United States right. government to enslave another group of people, right. that, that first of all, it wouldn't be, have been allowed to get that far, right. and sec- second of all, it would have been considered treason. They all would have been executed as traitors. Absolutely, and I feel the Is that an way. exaggeration, or is that... No, no, I feel to put it in a 2015, uh, to put it in a 2015 context for us. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. I'm sympathetic to the brother who said that, that we have to have a freedom of speech. That's one thing. But when we're talking about nationalism, when we're talking about a state of war, and when we're talking about uh, an entirely different nation that established a constitution and rebelled against the United States and decided to pull out from the United States, uh, no flags and symbols mean things. And and I'm I'm happy uh you know that the symbol is 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 now being removed uh in a lot of ways but i'm much more concerned about the way that places like north charleston are so severely gerrymandered and and how uh people in north charleston and north st louis city and county and and black nations around the nate black black neighborhoods around the nation are are policed you know that's that's beyond the symbolism of everything if if we can keep our eyes on and, and focus on the fact that somebody killed nine people in that church. Uh, and that's just, that's just an example of something that's, that's, you know, just so obvious. But black people are dying quickly around the nation, or dying more slowly around the nation in these neighborhoods. And I think that's important to remember. And, do you, and just finally, Dr. Stephen Bradley, professor of history, director of African-American studies at St. Louis University. Do you take any kind of encouragement from the fact that, you know, you had a Republican governor signing this, a woman, you had blacks, you had whites, everybody speaking out on this, um, that this flag had to come down? Is that at least a step in the right direction for the country and an example to other states? No, yeah, definitely it is. Definitely it is. I think uh, it's important to note, though, that, that nine church people had to die before before these people would come outside of themselves to support this kind of thing, some of these people anyway. And so let's not take, let's not, let's not have it happen that we need other people to die to make these kinds of To make these other changes, absolutely. Uh, Professor Stephen Bradley, thank you so much for being with us. We really appreciate it. We're going to get to your telephone calls at 1-800-223-9797. That's 1-800-223-9797. We're going to get to our, to our other panelists, your telephone calls. And also, I want to encourage you, please go on my Instagram page and Twitter, at Lisa Evers. Let's find the family for baby Natalie, this three-year-old beautiful little girl who was left in the Subway restaurant around 1130 last night on St. Nicholas Avenue in Harlem. The worker found her there, uh, brought her to police. They contacted ACS. The detectives are working. They're trying to find her family or people who love her and will take care of her. If you have any information, you can call 1-800-223-9797. And that really is a confidential number. But if you still don't believe it, call me uh, at 1-800-223-9797. Rose is on the phones. We'll take the information off the air. We're not going to ask your name or anything like that. Rose is there live. If you want to leave me a message, call me directly, 917 917- 
917-642-2484. That's 917-642-2484. And let's get this little girl home by tonight because this is just so, so sad. And you, you see her, how beautiful and spirited she is. And she looks like she's so happy because she probably doesn't realize what's going on yet. But um, she was checked out by the hospital. She's okay. This is not does not look like an abuse situation. Let's just, uh, you know, I've covered a lot of stories in New York. This is, this never seen anything quite like this. So let's find baby Natalie's family. 1-800-577-TIPS. Or call Rose right now. She's on the phones, our associate producer. 1-800-223-9797. We're going to continue with Street Soldiers after us. Hot 97 Summer Mix Weekend. We'll continue with the Kid Yogi. So nice to have DJ Nice right in there leading us in this morning. And uh, it's a Hot 97 Summer Mix Weekend with your chance to win your way to Ebro in the morning's listening lounge with Future. Meet Future, listen to New Cuts off his album, DS2, before it hits the stores on July 17th, made hot by Coors and Epic. We'll be right back. Child State, what up? This Future, and I'm taking over Hot 97 this weekend. Hot 97's got your ticket to see me live. That's right, Ebro in the morning, Lars Styles and Rosenberg. We've got your passes all weekend to meet and hang with Future. Turn it up, turn it up, turn it up. It all goes down this Tuesday at a secret location. You'll get to talk to Future, we'll listen to some of his new music, and of course, you'll get to meet him. Hey, Future, nice to meet you. My name is Jose. What it do, foo? Ebro in the morning's listening lounge with Future. Made hot by Epic Records and refreshed by Coors Light. If your car shakes, rattles, and barely rolls, trade it in. John Loman here from Loman Auto Sales in Woodbridge, New Jersey. This week, I'll give you up to $5,400 more than your trade-in is worth. Save, save, save up to 50% off original MSRP on select 2015 pre-owned vehicles. Get interest rates as low, low, low as 1.9%. Listen to this. To help you get approved today, I'll say yes, 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 and double your down payment up to $5,000. Even if your credit is wrecked, ruined, bruised, battered, or bankrupt, or you have no credit, don't worry. My banks and lenders look at you, 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 not your credit score. That's right, you, not your credit score. And my goal is 100% auto credit approval. This week, let's put together a low payment plan that gets you into the car, truck, or SUV of your dreams. Everybody drives. I'm John Loman, and I'm a dealer for the people. Only at Loman Auto Sales in Woodbridge, New Jersey. For a hot VIP appointment, call 888-928-5189. That's 888-928-5189. Want a great summer getaway with a tiny price tag? Millions of ways to escape are waiting for you inside the Free Nook reading app. Escape from it all. Travel the world, journey in time. Fall in love with best-selling books on your iPhone, iPad, or Android. Read mystery, adventure, romance like E.L. James's Grey and find out what's behind those 50 shades. Or Harper Lee's Ghost Set a Watchmen, the most anticipated release of the decade. Browse and sample millions of books for free. Download the ones you want in seconds. Get the Nook reading app from the App Store today. Free from Nook by Barnes & Noble. Visit nookapp.com for details. There will come a time when you finally say, I'm so over my cell phone plan. So why not change your SIM? Keep your phone and keep your freedom with Simple Mobile. Simple Mobile's 30-day plans start at just $40 with 4G LTE high-speed data. Take charge today. Take the simple way at simplemobile.com. Certain restrictions apply. Please refer always to the latest terms and conditions of service at simplemobile.com. To get 4G LTE speed, you must have a 4G LTE-capable device and 4G LTE SIM. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. We're so confident New Yorkers will find the best prices on Expedia, we guarantee it. We guarantee that if you find a cheaper hotel up to 48 hours before checking in, we'll refund the difference and give you $50 towards your next trip. And when you travel this summer, we guarantee you'll have to roll a dice in Atlantic City if you want to win big. 
And the best way to describe Cape Cod is wicked awesome. And we guarantee the food in D.C. is pretty historic as well. Get the best price on summer travel, guaranteed, with Expedia. See site for details. Hey, Paul, looks like we're coffee twins. We both got McCafe's. Oh, you mean my bean brew? Yeah, your fresh brewed McCafe coffee. No, I think you mean my mojo. My java, my morning joke. Okay, I get it. You want to use coffee slang. Well, let's drink this toasty roasty, Joe bro. Whoa, Tom, don't get all weird on me. My bad. Whatever you call it, you'll love a rich, smooth, fresh brewed McCafe coffee from McDonald's. And now get any size McCafe coffee for just $1. A la carte only. Prices and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Get together this summer with McDonald's new real lemonades. Kick back with a classic lemonade garnished with a freshly cut lemon. A strawberry lemonade made with real strawberries. Or one of our refreshing frozen lemonades. The new real lemonades from McCafe. Made with no artificial flavors. So you'll be loving all summer at mcdonald's at participating mcdonald's for a limited time walgreens has a question where do you go when you need a few groceries but not the grocery store wait like there's no way i'm standing in line for an hour in the grocery store line just to pick up milk wait walgreens also has an answer it's us with short lines and easy parking we'll get you in and out fast with grocery essentials like milk snacks and paper towels walgreens at the corner of happy and healthy now with Card, Arm & Hammer 50-ounce liquid detergent is buy one, get one free. Right now at Victory Mitsubishi on Route 1 in Larchmont. Lease a new 2015 Mitsubishi Lancer for $97 per month or a new 2015 Outlander Sport for $197 per month. Both for 36 months with $29.97 due at signing. That's right, a new Lancer for $97 or a new Outlander Sport for $197 per month. This week only at VictoryMitsubishiCars.com or on Boston Post Road in Larchmont. Excludes tax, title, and DMV fees. Total payments, Lancer 3492, Outlander 7092. Good burger, Sean? Yeah, great. French's ketchup, huh? Yeah. Didn't you know that French's ketchup is made with 100% real ingredients and no high fructose corn syrup? Really? Yeah, it tastes amazing. Hmm, smart kid. That's the French's way, Dad. Hey, it's Laura Styles, and here's what's hot. Click hot97.com for your chance to win a copy of Kill Me Three Times, the dark comedic thriller that critics are calling thoroughly entertaining and utterly hilarious. Own Kill Me Three Times today on Blu-ray and DVD from Magnet. And the premier caterer in the tri-state is Chef Kevin of Two Fish, Five Loaves, which offers plenty of down-home inspiration, featuring grilled shrimp and lobster, char-grilled steaks, barbecued ribs, and so much more. Log on to twofish5loaves.com or call 908-227-9065 to place your order today. Yo, what up? It's the game, and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, and real people. Only on Hot 97. That's right, only on Hot 97. Your Hot 97 Summer Mix Weekends, Hot 97 Street Soldiers. And uh, we're taking your telephone calls. We're talking about the Confederate flag. It came down over the state capitol in South Carolina. What do you think about that? 1-800-223-9797. We have an abandoned three-year-old girl, little Natalie, you can see a picture of her on my Twitter, at Lisa Evers, and also on my Instagram page, at Lisa Evers. She was left last night between 11 and 11.30 at the Subway restaurant on St. Nicholas in Harlem. And one of the Subway workers saw the little girl sitting there. The man that brought her in and dropped her off, who's about 5'10", 180 pounds, maybe named Stanley, um, bought her something to eat. The little girl's eating, and the guy just disappears. So one of the subway workers sees a little girl there at the table by herself, 
and they find out that nobody's coming for her, nobody's coming for her, and they call the police, police call the paramedics, they check her out, no apparent abuse, she's physically fine, beautiful little girl. They take her to the precinct, they try to find out where she lives or who she's here with, no information, and uh, now the detectives are trying to find out who is this girl's mother, who is her father, who are her family members, where is this little girl from? You know, a lot of people are traveling this time of the summer from out of state, maybe she's from out of state, so please reach out and retweet that picture, and uh, you know, check it out on Instagram, hit up your family and friends in other states, because uh, she could be from out of state as well, and have been dropped off here, but this little girl went through quite an experience, and uh, you can see her spirits are still very high, she looks very happy, and well cared for this is just a bizarre situation and we're hoping to get her back with people who love her and care for her so if you have any information you can call the crime stopper tips line it really is anonymous 1-800-577-TIPS that's 1-800-577-TIPS you don't have to give your name or anything or you can call us right here at rose you don't have to give your name either 1-800-223-9797 hot 97 and uh, talk to rose behind the scenes 1-800-223-9797 and if none of that works for you you can call me after the show at 917-642-2484 that's 917-642-2484 and you know I don't give up who I talk to so uh, you can just leave me any information any little bit of information is really going to help and they really want to find this you know find the family for this little girl so that's uh, that's some important news I wanted to share with everybody and also two weeks Saturday July 25th it's going down our push for peace back again in Brooklyn Borough Hall thanks to our Brooklyn Borough President Eric Adams we got Wayne Devenish 500 men making a difference signed on board on deck to help us with all aspects of the production we got Shanduke McFadder GMAC all the teens and this year we're doing it a little bit different we're going to have yes of course we're going to have our street soldiers panelists but we are looking for teens to be be on the panel. So if you are a teen, if you're a high school student, or if you're a teen, if you dropped out and you want to come on and talk about our, co- our topic, which is gangs, guns, and broken lives, moving beyond the violence, hit up my executive producer, Tone, the number four real, at gmail.com. That's Tone, the number four real, at gmail.com. And uh, if you want more information to check out the flyer, you can go on lisaevers.com. Click on community. You'll see the flyer pops up right there, all the info you need. So especially if you are a youth worker, we'd love to hear from you. If you have things you want to donate for the giveaway and the big shout outs, we got Murder Mook on the mic. You know he killed it. I mean, in a positive way. Killed it in the, you know, the way you do on a mic. And uh, he's going to be there with us making it pop. We got DJ Martian. We got all kinds of groups. And uh, it's going to be really awesome. But now now to our topic, the Confederate flag. Um, Helen Higginbotham, your attorney and MBA, founder of When Black Women Gather. What's your reaction to this? And, and what are you hearing from your members? Well, uh, let me just say that the first thing that we need to not lose sight of is that the Confederate flag was a defeated flag, and it's unprecedented that anyone would ever even advocate to fly a, a defeated flag. And I think it's um, telling um, and epic that the um, state took the position that they did to remove it from the state grounds. Um, the thing that I uh, I do, I talk a lot about race, and I host intergenerational conversations around several issues, and and this is um, you know just right up there with things that we need to be talking about. And the problem is that um, the flag, no matter how you pres- how, however you receive it, we can't 
ignore the fact that for a lot of people it conjures up hate. Hates, I mean, I'm sorry, pain. And pain for hate for some and pain for others. And the pain side is what we cannot ignore. And the pain for some is so strong that when they left the South, they never told the stories about what happened to them before they left the South. That's why there's 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 kind of a, a different reaction here in the North, you think, a exactly. little bit. Exactly. But I can share I need to share with you my experience. Um, I had never been further south, unlike Amani, I had never been further south than DC until I was twenty six. And I was driving across country going to California. I was petrified of the South just because of what you've heard. So, and, and, and I think even what we've heard is not all of what has happened. And so that's a very, um, that stood out for me really strong. And another incident I had, I was in Atlanta once. And this was an, a personal experience with the Confederate flag. And friends and I were going for breakfast. And we walked into a restaurant, which I wish I could name, remember the name of, but I can't. And across the back wall was the biggest Confederate flag that you will ever see. And I absolutely refused to eat there because I felt that the owners of the restaurant by virtue of hanging the flag, we're sending a sending a def- definite message. They were well, that me that flag that I wasn't there. I wasn't welcome there, and, it, was and that had to be upsetting. Now that that flag itself, um, Christian, you burned the flag on the Fourth of July. Why did you do that? Tell us about that. Yeah. Um, so basically, I mean, I have gotten together with a bunch of my my friends and other activists and organizers and such, and we we were talking about. They wanted to just there's a lot of frustration that's been boiling over the past specifically over the past year, you know, with the just amount of, you know, violence and and how black people have been targeted for the past year and hundreds of years. And it's like it's continuously reaching a boiling point. And then with how strongly everyone felt what what happened in Charleston, got together with a couple of my friends that were going to talk about barbecuing and then just like burning the Confederate flags. Fine. Make sure they got over China and weren't supporting someone down here who like, you know, was just hoarding a bunch of them, you know, funding that. But um for whatever reason, I, get, I think it was raining or something like that. It was going to rain, they, they thought. So a lot of people backed out, and I had this flag, and I'm like, I'm not keeping this. I would have wanted this in my house. I don't want you know, the symbol and what it re- represents. Um, so I, I went on my roof, and I burned it. Um, and the response I got on Twitter was interesting, to say the least. Um, also, I'm at, like you could see the responses at Civil Just Us, um, J-U-S-T-U-S. And basically... I got like one of the tweets was from actually might be a clans clansman or something, but I know he had five thousand followers, which was also telling. But it was he said he tweeted me he was like wake up house n word hashtag you're talking loud and saying nothing and then um, someone else said the flag isn't the problem it's people like you and all those other things and to me it's just like again burning it is like that that frustration letting that frustration go somewhere because again even though we're not in the south when in like new york there's so many things we're facing as we're being targeted and like constantly um i don't even know if it's you know if if i'm going to be the next person targeted out here by like police or whatever's going on if if it's going to be one of my friends also one of my one of my friends lost two two people in charleston in that um she lost her cousin and I believe her, her oh, I'm her so aunt. sorry. Yeah. So it's like that it hits home and it you know, it's just like that frustration builds and it, it feels like we have to do something. Um, no, there there is a lot of feeling. Let me just bring in uh, Frederick Brewington, civil rights attorney. The uh is are there legal implications for this or a, as a fighter for civil rights for your entire legal career, how do you view what happened this week? Well, one of the things we have to recall or remember is that this was a matter of symbolic speech that took place by a government. The taking down of the flag off of the 
um, uh, the state house was an action taken by government to over to, uh, to to change the message that the government was speaking about. Is that major? That's major because we're talking about uh, go- government itself um, can govern its own speech, and there's a difference between government speech and private speech, and that's one of the things that people are getting confused about from a legal standpoint. Just two days before the massacre in Charleston, uh, the decision that came down from the Supreme Court dealt with private speech, and that was the uh, case of Walker versus Texas Division of Sons of the Confederate. And in that situation, the the Supreme Court told um, the government that they did have the right to not put this flag on their uh, on a personalized license plate. Now, it's important to remember also that people um, um, keep referring to this as the Confederate flag. It is not. It is the battle flag of North Virginia. And the Confederate flag um, was one that went through three or four different ideations. Um, and this was not one of them, even though portions of it was contained in what was called the white flag. The white flag had a portion of this cross with stars and then was all white, which was intended by the Confederate to show that it was all about white supremacy. So when you put these two together, historically, you have to understand what this flag does represent. It was a battle flag, first of all, by the unit from North North Virginia. But second of all, it was used as a symbol in one of the Confederate flags uh, to go along with the sense of white supremacy. That's why it's important to look at it as a symbol that needs to be dealt with like a Nazi flag, like a hood, like a um, uh, uh, a, a noose. Um, these are, uh, are are charged symbols. They are f- they are charged with with dynamite, and they're intended to cause that type of pain. Anybody that says it's because of uh, we're trying to deal with our, our our historical background or we're just trying to show pride needs to re-examine what the history here is, because the history is one that is d- intended to demean. So where does it stand now legally? So people can, if they want to fly the Confederate flag, by if they want to fly the Confederate flag themselves privately or at their business, at their restaurant, their gas station, whatever, they can do it, but it can't be an official government property? That's the difference between what's where we are right now. I mean, most most certainly the, the uh, freedom of speech, the, f- the First Amendment right of individuals has not been taken away by this action. But one of the things we also have to realize is that when you take action to express yourself in freedom of speech, you do not have the right to infringe upon other individuals' civil rights. So therefore, that debate is not yet done, because uh, as, as though I were to scare you by, by, or someone would try to scare me by wearing a, a, uh, a hood um, uh, in violation of Section 1981 of the 42 United States Code uh, and other laws, um, we have to deal with the issue that this Confederate flag may very well be intended to engender fear and cause pain. Brownie, what do you think about that? Flags don't kill people. People kill people. And when you take the right of people to express their emotions, you're going to have bigger problems. So I believe that in South Carolina, it should have been put to a vote to the people. Forty people shouldn't have had the, you know. But these were their elected representatives. They are feckless and they are weak-willed. They should have made a ballot, a ballot initiative. It doesn't. It doesn't bother you that the that the man that's accused of killing those people in church as they prayed was draped in the Confederate flag. People that saw that as almost people. a license. Flags don't kill people. 
you don't feel like that fostered a climate at all? But what about who, the, who the determines at the church? Who determines what a flag means? Is it the person viewing the flag or the person? I mean, I think it's pretty clear flag? what that flag means. No, it, no it's not. Could if it, it's a Virginia it, army, it the army was fighting because they wanted to keep slavery, right? In, in, in 1861, yes. But in 2015, who knows? How long do you keep a culture? How long do you, um, you know, hold the culture accountable for the actions in the past? How right. long do you keep fighting the same fight over after when it's you lost? lost? When you lost. Oh, let, let me bring in uh, God's, God's work right now. God's work, thanks for calling in. We appreciate it. How are you doing? Hey, how are you doing? All right, how are you? Now you I'm used. Well. Uh, you used to live in South Carolina. How do no, you? I live in Atlanta, Georgia. You live in Atlanta, Georgia. How are you feeling about the flag being uh, taken down? I've always told people I have absolutely zero problems with the um, with the Confederate flag as a private, privately owned flag that people wish to fly privately. If you want to have it on your bumper, if you want to have it on your front door, if you want to have it on the porch, that's fine with me. But in all honesty, what that flag represents is secession and traitors. People chose. Wait a minute, Killer Mike. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We we had the line switched here. I just want to reintroduce you. That it's Killer Mike, so everybody knows who's talking. Sorry about that. Hi. You know, <laughs> um, thank you for calling in again. We appreciate it. Yeah. Every, everyone knows America had a civil war in which a batch of traitors chose to try to establish another nation. It didn't work out. And nowhere in warfare in the world. Would a losing group of seceders get the opportunity to refly their battle flag? Now, South Carolina had only used that flag since 1961, and the funny thing is, 1961 it was it was brought up as a form of protest because Jim Crow was falling and desegregation was coming and civil rights were coming for blacks, and that was the last ditch effort of protest to say the old South deal is here or will rise again. So I don't have the emotional attachments of, oh, it means slavery. Oh, they hate me. Oh, it's racist. I don't give a damn about any of that. Oh, they lost. Oh, they tried to succeed from America and it didn't work. And oh, you do not fly the flags of losers above buildings that taxpayers pay for. That's simple. I don't give a damn who embraces it for his heritage. I don't care whose uncles fought in the war. All that's fine with me. If you wish to have it on your pickup truck, if you wish to have it on your jacket, it's fine. But it should never fly above a government building again simply because it represents losing, traitors, and secession. That's it. All right, Killer Mike, thank you so much for being with us at, at Killer Mike GTO on Twitter. Thanks so much for being with us. Let me just uh, get God's work in here real quick. God's work, you there? Hey, yes, I am. Thanks okay. for having me, Lisa. Hey, listen, thank you so much. We're just real tight on time this hour, but uh, I just wanted to get your thoughts real quick because you used to live in South Carolina. I mean, to me, the flag basically represents hate, racism, and slavery. I mean, it's an insult to all white Americans. And not all white Americans support the flag. Uh, those who do, they try to validate the flag by saying it's a part of history. Well, the fact is, it's a part of history most Americans don't care to remember. It's a new day and time, and to me, the only color that matters is green, which is money. All right, there it is. All right, God's work. Thank you so much for being with us. We appreciate it. Let's go to uh, Bianca from Long Island. People have been holding on for the whole hour to get on. Bianca, what's your question or comment? Mike, help me with this, please, with the, the telephones here. Bianca, hi, you're on Hot 97. No, okay, we let, let's go to Aaron on uh, line two. Do we have Aaron? All right, our system is, let's go to Salam from uh, line one. Salam, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Yes, how you doing? All right, how are you? I have a you? question. 
I'm well. My question is, do we think that part of the reality of taking down the Confederate flag is a pacifying reality to blacks? to believe that racism is dying down in America. All right, that you know what? I'm going to I'm up against the clock here. I'm going to see what our guests have to say say about that. Amani, what do you think about that? Is this to pacify the black community? I I do agree with the comments they're saying that the flag do not kill people. However, the flag was a symbolic symbol. Um I, I get the fact that it's honoring uh some people ancestors and um things like that. However, uh yes, it can be. Because when you think about it, we have to start having these conversations not only with our community, but people that do not look like us need to have these conversations and realize the discrepancy, realize the true issue. And I think at this time, we have people that are appeased, but we have so much work to do. Frederick Ruinton, in terms of the coalition that came together, Democrats and Republicans, blacks and whites, um, people of other ethnic groups as well, to get this flag taken down in South Carolina. Do you find any encouragement in that, or is this a good starting point for the for a bigger national discussion, or have we talked enough about this? No, we have not talked no. enough about it because we haven't talked about it at all. We've now sc- only scratched the surface. What we're dealing with are people that are suffering from the three eyes, uh, w- which are intelligent, insensitive, ignorant people, people that only have a little bit of information but not enough information to make uh, in, in educated decisions. And when we allow people to deal with those three eyes that being uh, uh, um, uh, so-called intelligent but being insensitive to the realities that they're facing with, they are indeed ignorant. And that's what we have to deal with. We have to take that into the streets, into the suites. Every place that we go, we need to now have this dialogue to make sure that people understand because we've never had the conversation in America that dealt with 300 years of subjugation of people on whose backs this country is built. Helen, what about that? I'm dying to jump in here. Um, to, To the issue of insensitivity, I was in South Africa in 2013, and I think it's telling that in the town of Pretoria, and from what I understand now throughout the country, they are removing all street signs and emblems and anything of that sort that uh, glorify uh, heroes of, of apartheid because they're because at least they're trying. And in South Africa, they had truth and reconciliation discussions. We've never had them here. And the thing that also I want to say is there's an insensitivity that hopefully we will start to deal with now. One of the other things that bothers me about this whole thing is not only the flag, the flag is just the beginning, but let's talk about plantations that have been turned into bed and breakfasts across the South, which is the epitome of insensitivity. And it would never happen under any other situation. You will not go to Germany and see prison camps made into places of entertainment. So as a country, it's time for us to look at what our history and look it in the face and let's let's look at the elephant in the room and let's have the discussion we need to start okay brownie what do you think about that slavery is over we need to get over it and move on it's in 2015 how long are you going to hold the south accountable for slavery how long and again it's well in a democracy it's the fine to disagree you have to you cannot you have to protect against the tyranny of the majority. You have to. And you have to allow dissension. You have to allow people to express themselves even if you don't like it. I hate the flag. But when I see the flag, I know that that person might not like me for who I am. And that's fine. How about they might harm you? Okay, we need to get, we need to, um, we're just about out of time, um, unfortunately. Imani, as a teacher of the next generation, what do you think we can take away from all this? 
What would you like to see happen um, just, for your kids, the kids you're teaching? Just having these conversations and really um, getting the kids to understand how important history is because if we don't, it repeats itself. And not only that, let's get out the classrooms, let's get out the, the, the churches, the, the institutions, and let's get to the street and let's do what we got to do. I tell my kids all the time, things are not going to change until people that look like you get into those positions and change those things. So that's very important. Exactly. And if you want to make a change, I want, I want to thank all of our guests for being with us. Uh, Civil Rights Attorney Frederick Brewington, um, African American History teacher Imani Pearson. Person. 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 Okay, person. All right, that's easy enough. I should just. uh, Brownie Hawkins, documentary filmmaker on YouTube, Elite. E-L-E-E-T dot com. Helen Higginbotham with uh, Black Women Gather, When Black Women Gather, the founder. And Civil Justice, thank you so much for being with us. We really appreciate it. Next Sunday at 9 on Hot 97 Street Soldiers, we're going to be talking about one year later after the death of Eric Garner. What has changed? Has anything really changed? And there have been some changes, and we're going to talk about, but have they been? Have they gone far enough? Also want to let you know, please check out my Twitter, at Lisa Evers, Instagram, at Lisa Evers. There's three year-old girl, little Natalie, she was left alone in a restaurant, a Subway restaurant on St. Nick in Harlem last night. They don't know who her family is. The man just brought her in there, bought her a sandwich and left her. And uh, police are trying to reunite her with the people that will love and care for her. So if you know who she is, take a look at the picture on at Lisa Evers on Twitter and the gram and uh, give Crime Stoppers a call. You don't have to give your name. 1-800-577-TIPS. That's 1-800-577-TIPS. Or call me on my direct line, 917-642-2484. That's 917-642-24. If you just want to give me the information and don't want any uh, complications, we'll be happy to take that information. Also, want to give you a heads up. Two weeks, our push for peace is back. Brooklyn Borough Hall, thanks to Brooklyn Borough President Eric Adams and the many, many community groups that are helping us with this. Uh, Shanduk McFadders, GMAC, Wayne Devinish, and 500 Men Making a Difference, Kareem Wheelchairs Against Guns, the Stop Bullying Project, Holla, Man Up, uh, Guns Down, Life Up, Alpha Kappa Alpha, so many that are getting involved to help make this show and event tremendous. You can get involved. Um, hit up my producer, Tone, the number four, real, at gmail.com. We're especially looking for teens, teachers, people who have youth groups to come forward. And also, um, if you want to donate, if you want to give giveaways, because we have great presents that we give away free. The whole event is free. DJ Martian uh, will be giving us the music, getting it popping, as he always does, for the community. Come out Saturday for more information. Tone, the number four, real, at gmail.com. That's tone, the number four, real, at gmail.com. And you can see the flyer at lisaevers.com. Just click on community, lisaevers.com. Just click on community. Big shout out to Wendy Williams and Team Wendy Williams. I was on Hot Topics, their Hot Topics panel this past week. You can see that appearance also on lisaevers.com. And uh, I want to thank Matt O, the graphic designer who helped us with our flyer and everything else. And, of course, my whole team, Lisa, here at Hot 97, our general manager, Deanne Levingston, our program director, P.O. Farrell, music director, T.T. Torres, our digital director, Jeffrey Thacker, my whole team, Lisa, executive producer, Tone Capone, associate producer, Rose D., production assistants, the one and only Mia Bell, on the boards, keeping us on the air, at Michael Medium, and uh, also our digital assistant, the one and only T.J., still with us, always with us, you know, siempre, always there. So, um... Check it out, LisaEvers.com, community, push for peace. Remember, check me out on the Fox 5 News at 5 and 10 during the week. And have a great week, everybody. Remember, use your mind. It's your best weapon. I hope it's your only weapon. I'm Lisa Evers. Hashtag push the number four. Peace. Hot 97.
97 has launched a brand new app called Where Hip Hop Lives. Where Hip Hop Lives. Still listen to I-97 on your phone, but with a lot more. And of course, it's still free. Download the app Where Hip Hop Lives in the App Store now or at Google Play. This hour made hot by French's Ketchup. Rediscover how good ketchup can be with new French's Ketchup. WQHD and WQHD HD1 New York. A Hot 97 Summer Mix Weekend. All the Hot 97 DJs and celebrity DJs mixing live. Let's rock y'all. Let's rock y'all. What? Let's rock y'all. Let's rock y'all. What? Come on. Forgot 